Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Hello and welcome to another episode of Transformational Thinking with the Hulk. We're going to have another great conversation today as we enter into part two with Sandy talking about the issues of being raised in a home where the mother is absent even from a young age. It's going to be a great continuation of a great conversation. We want you to tell a friend, let them know that we are here today and they're going to get a lot out of our conversation. So sit back, tune in, relax, get ready for transformational thinking. Hello, Sandy. And once again, thank you for coming and preparing to share part two. We got a lot of great things to talk about. Thanks for coming. Thank you. And I'm happy to be here as well. So the last time uh, we were talking about the effects of the experience you had being young, uh, being in a situation where your parent, especially your mom, was not present in the home and the kind of effects it had on you. So let's continue there today. Okay. Okay, just to kind of recap some of the things that we concluded with in our last segment or the first part of this uh, podcast, we, we talked about the experience, and many of you can go back and listen to that if you have not already listened to it, but we got to the effects of how being raised in a home without your mom there, being abandoned somewhat by your mom, living with your father, not being able to make the connection with him that a lady should make with a mother or older woman and not being able to connect with his uh, new relationships, wives or relationships that he had and how that left you in a very vulnerable place in terms of needing to try to control the environment, needing to try to make sure you didn't lose anything else um, and that anxiety that comes along with feeling that type of abandonment early on and how that affects you in your adulthood. So let's start there today. Kind of talk about now that you become an adult, since you now have your own children, um, how you feel like that experience really affects you today in a negative way. All right. Um, well, as I've stated in the first session, um, this experience, I feel, has affected me in a negative way when it comes to me now being a mom on my own as an adult and not effectively doing what is necessarily best for my children, all because of my anxiety of not being a mom to my kids or abandoning abandoning my children. Um, Sorry about that. But, um, you know, there was an opportunity where 
when me and my boy's father split after being together for 10 years and my oldest son didn't take it so lightly to where um, he, the father, I think around late middle school years, um, he wanted to take on the responsibility of my boys moving in with him. Um, however, I didn't take advantage of that situation, and I think what's affected me from, again, my mother not being there, I feared that I didn't want to do the same to my kids, when all reality, it, that wasn't the same situation. But at the time, that's how I felt. So because of, and I felt, you know, it was a wrong decision, and because of that decision, I'm now facing the reality of, you know, my boys undergoing um, situations that a father should have been there to assist him with, um, and now he's now in New York, out of state, and, you know, I'm unable to help them, effectively help them, and it's causing turmoil with my relationship with them because um, now they're going into adulthood, and I'm just... It it's really causing pain in my household. And, you know, and I feel as though if my boys would have went with him at that opportunity when it came, that I wouldn't be experiencing the issues that I'm experiencing now. Well, that's so important because, number one, I think it's very brave of you and, and, and really a great thing that you're able to reconcile where we made the mistakes. I mean, at the end of the day, a mistake is a mistake. And how you put together the fact that your abandonment issues helped you to think that you needed to stay engaged with the boys, even though the father said, look, I want to help raise them. And then I think we can help so many moms today through your experience. Uh, and I think that's what's so important about what we do on this podcast, because Moms need to listen to what you're saying. If you have a father in the children's life, whether you're together or not, it is to a certain point where kids need nurturing. They need that mother's care and nurturing till they get to a certain age. But once they start getting to puberty and crossing over, they really do need a man to be there to help them grow as males and that kind of, not saying the moms don't do a great job. I'm not saying that anybody has done a bad job. But at the best you can do is always a better situation for a man, a father, a father figure, a uncle, or some man that's strongly connected with them to help them uh, move towards adulthood and manhood. And this is so important that you are sharing this because I think a lot of women out there, mothers out there, mean well, their hearts are right. They want to do the right thing. And they don't see um, at this point that they really do need to let the father have more emphasis and influence and even um, physical uh, custody of the child so that he has that ability to have a man that can help shape and form him into the man that he needs to be. 
And so I want to encourage moms to really think about your stance because sometimes, and I'll see that your, your, your issue was what happened to you. Now you were trying to protect and, and make sure that you were there for your sons. Uh, but whatever the reason a mom neglects to let the sons go and spend more time, if possible, with the dad. Now, we know sometimes it's not possible because the father is not willing. And so they have to use other measures like get a Cub Scout leader or a um, a coach or a teacher or somebody that can have influence over their life to keep them kind of aligned with how it, and what it means to grow up as a young man. And so this is great because we need to point out this out to so many people that may be listening. Don't be so, uh, the word I want to use is don't allow your circumstances to affect your ability to let what is in the best interest of your sons um, happen so that they can have the opportunity. And of course, at this point, it's done, and now the issues um, are there, but we're going to work on those, and we're going to talk about things that we have to do now. You can't go back and fix it, but we can work to make it a better situation for both you and them moving forward. So um, I really appreciate you for being uh, transparent and honest about that. Uh, do you think there's any chance for them to uh, get with the dad at this point, or is it kind of like water under a bridge? Um, well, the point where we're at now, I think it's too late, even if they were to go to their father, because now they're the age of 17 and 19. Um, a 19-year-old, um, he pretty much is working. Um, the things that I deal with in regards to him is not taking um, is not being responsible. He feel he feels as though because he works at the shipyard, he doesn't have to contribute towards the house. And I just I deal with a lot of spoiledness that I feel as though if again the fa- the father wouldn't have to experience these emotions if they if he was with him. Um, I noticed the the difference of the level of respect that they have not saying they don't respect me but I deal with more than what their father deals with Um, I think if I would have allowed them to go again at the age where he could then begin to groom them into the young men that they needed to be instead of um, and set aside my ego my pride um you know, and not feeling as though I'm, I'm failing as a mother, really, I'm being an effective mom, you know, because um, they really did needed their father. However, um, I'm really experiencing issues with my 17-year-old where I really can't um, get a grip on him. Um, and again, I know his father would be able to get control, but he's now at he basically was done is done. You know, there's nothing else. I mean, they're now young men. And now they're at the point where they just going to have to live life as an adult, hoping and praying that um, they make the right decisions. But if you told them, the 17-year-old, I'm going to send you with your dad, this is it. If 
is the dad receptive of trying to um, work with him or is that too late also? He the conversation did come up only if the son is willing to acknowledge and accept and take accountability. And my son isn't taking accountability. Um, my son is stubborn. Um, we think he's undergoing substance abuse. We don't know to the extent. And he's blaming everyone for his habit instead of taking accountability um, of his actions, you know, for hanging with the wrong crowd and not effectively making the right choices based upon experiences that he went through. Um, so his father said that, you know, he is willing to take him, but when he takes him and bring him and bring him to New York, he wants to help him, but he realizes that he cannot help him if he, my son is unwilling to help himself. And so that's what we're battling with right now is trying to get my son to want to help himself. And unfortunately, the system of how basically we've went through every outlet and at the end of the day, because he's undergoing substance abuse, um, they said pretty much that he has to be willing to want to get help. I can't force him, even though he's 17 and at the age of an adolescent, but yet they said that um, he still has to be willing to want to get help. Okay, my next question is, if you enforce consequences, would his dad stand with you with those consequences if you discussed them with him? Say, listen, under these circumstances, if he can't come with you, if you're not comfortable with him being ready to adjust to being with you, and I have to deal with this, then when I set boundaries and consequences for his behavior, will you stand with me and reinforce that, even come down and say, listen, this is going to happen, uh, and I'm standing with your mom because you have to make a decision about changing this? We've done that. Um, We're actually doing that now. Um, This is a new experience for me and his father both new parents. Um, these are the only kids that we have with one another. So we did um, told, we did tell my son that um, he, the father realistically is telling me to call the police if I experience, because we're experiencing issues, vandalism, you know. Um, I even had the cops, I went to the magistrate office and I even had to file um, a, an emergency custody order. Um, they did an evaluation. Um, for eight hours, they held him. However, um, the lady stated, the the therapist stated that um, they don't see any psychological issues. Basically, what they see is a typical 17-year-old lashing out. So they can't admit him into a mental institute for further evaluation. So, um, but she did tell me that if he causes, if he breaks another item in my home, we could call the 911 and get him arrested for destruction of property. And he's also he also had been um, acting bad towards his younger sister. I have a nine-year-old daughter at home as well, um, to where I come home and um, she's crying. He has her in a corner for whatever reason he felt was necessary. She in there being woken up. It's so many things, but basically he's not being nice to his little sister, and it was an incident where he hit her with a belt, um, and he lied to the therapist saying that I excused it, and I had my children's grandmother with me 
the mother on their father's side. So she's, you know, their grandmother on their father's side. And both her and I attest that no. Um, when it came to a man putting their hands on a young girl, I never condone that. Um, so he, um, so the lady said that if he was to put his hands on my daughter again to call the cops, um, and we could get him arrested for assault. So me and his father stood by him and both told him that if he were to move forward with either one of those things, um, that he, uh, we're going to call the cops and he will get arrested. What was his um, response? His response was he lashed out, yelling, saying whatever, y'all don't care about me, um, y'all don't love me, y'all just want to see me fail, and blah, blah, blah. Um, typical gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> typical gaslighting. And how did that affect you? It hurts. Um, because all my life, you know, I've, I've struggled. I've worked so hard. Um, I got pregnant, you know, when I was in college. And I had to drop out. But I never lost sight of what was important. And especially when I got pregnant, I've tried my best throughout my life. I started on redevelopment. I utilized it for what I could benefit from it, meaning that, you know, while I was staying in housing, I went back to school. I got my degree. I was working full-time while going to school at night full-time, plus being a mom. And I did it. You know, I got my bachelor, bachelor of science degree. Once I got my degree, I started working in my field of expertise, and I got out of the redevelopment. You know, I didn't want to raise my children in, you know, the ghetto. And I wanted, because I was afraid them being young men, I didn't want them to be influenced because I've personally knew friends who have ch their sons locked up in jail at the age of 14, 15 from getting um, through gun violence, um, shooting other people and just unnecessary drugs, selling drugs. And I didn't want my boys. So I really tried hard to raise them in environments that I felt was a better um, life for them and no matter, and it hurt hurts me because regardless of how hard I thought I was or how wonderful of a job I thought I was doing, it still ended up being things were still, basically my son, sons came to the point where they didn't see it the way I was seeing it and, you know, um, weren't grateful for the sacrifices and hard work that I put into trying to raise them you know, spite of me, it not working out between, you know, with me and their father. And, um, you know, it's just, it hurts. You know, I, w it, I was crying when I saw them take my son away when I had to do the emergency custody order and seeing the cops come and grab him, you know. But, again, this morning on my way coming to church, you know, he was telling me how um, how much I didn't appreciate him and, you know, how much I didn't love him and um, was telling me how he was going to break everything in my house and he just don't care anymore. Why should he care? And I told him, I said, okay, Terrell. I said, again, I'm going to reiterate this. If you break anything else in my house, I'm calling the cops, but you're not going to ruin my morning. I'm going to, um, I'm going to church and I'm going to have me a wonderful day and you're not going to ruin it. You know, I took my um, my daughter and my even my 19-year-old left with me this morning. He didn't come to church because that's a fight within itself. However, he did sit in the car 
that, I mean, that's how bad it's gotten with my 17-year-old. Like, my 19-year-old don't even want to be in a house with him and was willing to sit in the car in, in the heat while I was in church just so he don't have to endure, you know. Well, I do want to say this, and while, you know, it is very difficult in terms of the emotional effects that it has on one, listen, I, there are more people that say, um, I suffered consequences early on in my life that saved my life. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, sometimes it is those type of tough decisions where love really resides. You have to stop, and we have to stop as parents seeing love as an emotional feeling and seeing love in our capacity to make hard decisions in the best interest of the people that we love. So if we see him going down this path that's going to only get worse, there must be some consequence that will shake him and cause him to rethink the direction and the trajectory that his life is on. And many times to be able to do that is really going to be the key to stopping him before it gets too late. I don't think that Throwing the, uh, putting somebody in prison or jail or detention and throwing away the key is the answer, but it may be part of the answer where you suffer the consequences of your actions, but you're still there. You're still saying, I care. Mm-hmm. You're still saying, I'm here for you. You just have to make some decisions that you want me here for you and you're willing to do yes. those things to allow me to be here for you. So the 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 feelings and emotions that go along with having to make these hard decisions have to be overcome by the love that you have and what you want to see happen for him long term. So if a little bit of discomfort, a little bit of uh, consequences that he has to pay now can hopefully, hopefully wake him up and cause him to realign his life on a different plane to do better, then you've accomplished your end result. Mm-hmm. Not to do that and then let this ball keep running down the hill and, and, and snowballing, the snowball effect taking place is going to be more painful. It's going to be more painful later mm-hmm. than it is now. So I want to encourage you to stick to your guns. Tough love is love. It may not feel good to you. It may not feel good for him. But um, my parents used to say, it's not going to feel good to you, but it's going to be good for you. (laughs) And uh, sometimes that is the approach. Instead of seeing the temporary uh, benefit of escaping the pain of having to make him pay some consequences, you need to look at the long-term consequences that will cause you a whole lot more pain Mm -hmm. on a whole different level if something is not done now. Mm -hmm. The threats, the the, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, there's no need to respond Mm -hmm. because you've already made it clear if this happens, these will be the consequences. Now, you have to make it your business to make up in your mind here and now. I'm not going to go back on my word. What I said, if it if it feels like it's gonna kill me, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it because it's in your best interest mm-hmm. 
and it's in this family's best interest that I follow through on my commitment. Do you believe you can do that? Yes, wholeheartedly because of the fact that I, my daughter, is so scared. She didn't even want to come home when we left church today, this morning. She said, Mommy, can you, because she knew I had an appointment to meet with you after church. So she said, Mommy, can you please take me to my auntie house? I don't want to go home with my brother. And that's, you know, it, it hurts because um, it's not supposed to be that way. You know, she's supposed to look up, look up to her brother as a protector, you know, not a threatening force, you know, someone that could protect her, give her guidance, shelter, and, um, you know, um, so when she goes through the bad relationships, when, you know, kids aren't comfortable to come to their parents, at least, you know, I was hoping she would have that relationship. I mean, thank goodness she has it with the 19-year-old. I mean, he's very overprotective of her. He does shelter her, loves her very much, so that's a good thing, but, you know, i should should be with both, you know. Shouldn't she shouldn't have to feel that way with the seventeen year old, the seventeen year old neither. Well, another thing that would help is that you don't attach your value and feel like you are inadequate and like you are not worthy because of his behavior. You have to understand that there are thousands, if not tens of thousands, of parents both in the home, doing the very best they can, Mm -hmm. and their child still, for whatever reason, acts out and behaves in a way that's negative and detrimental. Mm -hmm. You cannot, you have to separate you being a good parent and a good person from his behavior and stop believing that his behavior is a reflection of you because that's absolutely ridiculous. There is no perfect parents. We all make mistakes. That does not take away from the fact that we deserve respect. We, re- we deserve to have the respect that allows us to give our children direction and instruction and allow them to deal with consequences. And when that cannot happen, that's not a reflection on you that's a reflection on decisions that he has made for whatever reasons. And so I want to just say that to you. You got to know that this is not a reflection of who you are and you can't take it like that. You have to see yourself worthy of value, worthy of honor, worthy of respect, and then you have to demand it. Not because you're asking somebody to give it to you, Mm-hmm. but because you deserve it, you've earned it, mm-hmm. right? right? And when that doesn't happen, you can't acquiesce because of threats where nobody loves me. That's just a bunch of manipulation. Mm-hmm. No, that's just manipulative. When you don't do not buy into that gaslighting and that conversation about, you don't care about me, you know, nobody cares what happens to me, so forth and so on. That's just a way to get you, to manipulate you, to cause pain in your life so that you will give up on your commitment to do what you said you needed to do. So please don't let this tactic 
that many of these children use with this sense of entitlement uh, cause you to back up off of your commitment. Because again, you have a daughter and you have another son that you have to be able to help. And if you don't take a stand with him, then you add to their pain by not taking control of the situation. Yes. I agree with you 100%. Thank so, you. So so some of the things that we need to look at, and um, this has been a gr- another great conversation. Wow, we could go on and on. <laughs> but um, I do want to say to those out there listening, these are very serious situations that women, single mothers, uh, even uh, homes where both parents are present, that we are under this attack because of the social media, because of the influences of the internet, the influences yes. of the, this generation, that that this is not just a, a situation that is your problem. And I think um, I can attest to you that, you know, uh, my son was going through the same kind of stuff just depressed and talking crazy and all of that. And I was able to get him. And over a period of time working with him and <clears throat> setting boundaries and giving him, you know, some space to mature, he's 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 made a big turn. He's doing great, got a job, very manable, doing what he's supposed to do. But I think that's all because it, I was in a situation where I had to intervene. Uh, and, and that's what I did. In your situation... You don't have that luxury, but at least to your benefit, you have a father that is saying, I'm going to stand by you in the decisions that you make and support those decisions mm-hmm. um, no matter what. And that is a good thing. So let's reframe um, the fact that, number one, you're worthy of respect. Number two, you're worthy of honor. Number three, that there's nothing that you need to do to uh, associate his behavior with your value. You have to know who you are, believe in who you are, and and believe in yourself enough not to allow yourself to associate his bad behavior with you being a bad mom. Okay. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Number one, you need to, like I said before, you need to journal. You need to talk about in your journal you need to be very serious as you as you look back and reflect over the conversations that we've had. Um, you need to get those thoughts out, write them down, and look at them. And then you need to reprogram yourself through your journaling to be able to come up with, okay, reasons why you are a good parent, reasons why you're worthy of the respect you deserve, reasons why you have to do and make the decisions that you have to make without regret for the benefit of yourself and your family. And so you have to rescript yourself with all that toxic and negative thinking and, well, it's my fault. Maybe I could have done something different. Maybe if I wouldn't have been the type of person I was, I am, he wouldn't be the type of person he is. You have to stop beating yourself up for making the mistake of not letting them go with their dad early on, you, I don't care. There's no excuse and no reason why you should have to deal with this type of behavior and allow it to go on. 
So you have to destroy all of those myths about why you're not a great person, a good mom, a great person, and a great mother. Uh, and you have to believe in yourself. And because you believe in yourself, you can stand strong in your convictions and stand strong in your decisions. Not saying that those decisions won't be painful, but those decisions will be decisions you'll be able to make with confidence, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're going to feel some kind of pain as a result of some of the decisions you got to make, but you can't associate that pain with being the right decision. A lot of times, some of the best decisions we make are the most painful decisions. Mm -hmm. But if I say, oh, this is too painful, so it must be wrong, mm -hmm. or it may not be a good decision, mm -hmm. that's where we mess up. Mm -hmm. You have to know that pain is a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Pain is a part of growth. Pain is a part of maturity. And your ability to handle the pain says a lot about who you are and your growth. Because there's nothing you can do in life that's going to bring you any value that does not create some pain, sacrifice, or issue. Tears, pain, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's all worth it because it accomplishes what you need to accomplish for you and for them. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and I appreciate and value what you're telling me because I'm definitely going to take it in um, and I'm definitely moving forward is going I'm going to take action and you you are making me feel better about the about me understanding the important the important um, I'm sorry my nerves um, me understanding why it's important for me to stick with my decisions because of the fact that it's like you're reading me as a book you know because it does hurt it is painful you know I cry at night um this I mean I never thought in a million years that I would be going through this you know with my child um he, of course every parent probably says this who's dealing with a similar situation but I know he wasn't like this you know as a young child whatever happened, you know, but unfortunately I don't deserve to suffer. Like you said, exactly. You know, so I, yes. Well, I want to talk to all the parents out there, moms, especially listen, get over it. Your children, most of our children, they are entitled, they are selfish and they'll do anything to get their way. And that means, even if it means running over you, it's not a matter of them not being a good person. It's a matter of them being immature and not having the tools they need to grow up. And so you're going to have to help them grow up. You're going to have to take a stand. You're going to have to stop with the guilt trips. And even through your tears and pain, you're going to have to make solid decisions to take back your life, to take back your house, to take back those that respect that belongs to you. This is your house. You work every day. You put a roof over their head. You put clothes on their back. So you need to run your house. And when they don't comply and when they choose to be violent or destructive of your life or your property, you call the authorities and get them in there as soon as you can because the sooner they bump their head and deal with the consequences of their actions, maybe that will be the very thing to turn around. And I don't I don't preach this or say this lightly, but sometimes 
when the last resort is putting them in prison, putting them in a detention home somewhere and letting them sit there and think about their life and the decisions that they have made and where they're going. That's the most powerful remedy that will shock them back into reality and cause them to turn around and get their self together, especially when the parent does not abandon them, but says to them, I love you, but you will not do this. You're going to deal with the consequences. And guess what? When you decide to correct your behavior, we can move on in peace and have a great life. So I want to encourage you, all of you parents that are dealing with these type of issues with your children, get some counseling, get some help, get some support. Find some male figures uh, in that can help you and talk to you about how you can navigate through these very treacherous waters when it comes to these spoiled, entitled, uh, disrespectful children. Uh, I was raised in a household, old school. My parents weren't perfect. Uh, they did. They made mistakes. Uh, I didn't have all the wonderful things that kids get today. I didn't have half that stuff. Uh, and my parents didn't give it to us but guess what they ran that house they ruled that house and guess what we respected them and we honored them no matter what and so for children to try to use your flaws and your your mistakes to say that they can disrespect you or do what they want to do in your property with what belongs to you is foolishness it is crazy don't let it happen in your house rule your house take charge take control of your life take control of that 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 god has blessed you with and then move forward with confidence that all things are going to work together everything's going to turn out just fine however it's done is going to get corrected so again sandy thank you so much for sharing uh thank you all so much for listening this has been a great conversation. Listen, we're going to have to do a part three one day, uh, and we're going to give you some updates of what we've been able to accomplish working with Sandy and uh, so that we can also help you. I, I hope that you've been uh, helped today. I hope those of you that are listening can benefit from Sandy's story and that you will take some of these things to heart. And remember, you are worthy of love and respect and honor, especially as it relates to your children. Don't settle for any less because when you settle for any less, you're only devaluing yourself in front of them. And if you don't feel like you're valuable, you can. they will never see you as valuable. You have to see yourself worthy and valuable first. And then you gotta make them know this is the real deal well that's it for today thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation let us know how you have benefited from today's episode you can follow me at hawkins solutions on facebook instagram hawkinsolutions.org we're grateful for this platform provided for us by the alive podcast network music by audio vibes Be sure to subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. We hope that you benefited from today's show. Remember, you have the ability to change the trajectory of your life through transformational thinking. Have a great day.
talk to you the next time.